0: Love Talk
1: Radio. Good afternoon. It is January 27th and Thursday, I guess. I'm not keeping up with the days of the week all that well anymore. (laughs) They kind of blend one into the other. Um, this is Michael. I'm doing a second show of this week for Drive Through HR. We're gonna do a kind of another follow on topic to our guest from Monday who we spent some time talking about on pandemic and great resignation and and some other things. And this similar theme but a different guest and some different information today. So I want to welcome Jeannie Walden to to the show. Jeannie, welcome to Drive Through HR. Thanks for joining me today.
0: Thanks so much. I'm glad someone else doesn't know what day of the week it is too. It makes me feel better.
1: I, you know, but it, but doesn't it stink that we have to, I mean, and it's a choice, I think, you know, I guess we could, I don't know. Anyway, I I don't want to get into a work, quality work life topic. That's not what we're here to talk about. So, Jeannie, you are with Daily Pay, and I believe your title is Chief Innovation and Marketing Officer, and you're also What some term a renaissance person, and that you're a writer, speaker, and kind of all around do a lot of different things. So um, that's what I was reading as I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. But why don't you, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, why don't you actually give your own bio and tell us a little bit about yourself to get started?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Jeannie Walden. Uh, My day job or my job is the Chief Innovation and Marketing Officer for DailyPay, which I love and I'm happy to talk about what DailyPay does in a little bit. But the best way to describe who I am as a person and a professional person is to start with my master's degree. I graduated with a master's in teaching and couldn't find a teaching job, but came to the business world really with the intent to help people make the best out of their personal and professional careers. So I've had quite a history at advertising agencies. I've had five of my own businesses. Um, I work at large companies, including Mercer and Barnes & Noble, and I've just, you know, pretty much done everything. And I I love it all because each time it gives me an opportunity not only to help mentor and encourage incredible talent in the company I'm working with, but also to meet customers and prospects for the businesses that I work with and really help those businesses find new and interesting ways to build relationships very authentically with their clients and customers. And it's so much fun to just live your day looking for ways to make people's lives better.
1: So when I when I got the when I uh, I heard about you through a, somebody sent us a pitch about your topic and that having you as a guest and we do we do a fair amount of shows with, from those kind of contacts and I always try to pick the ones that are interesting or somebody that has we haven't had a guest from that particular sort of aspect of the HR space or the leadership space and one of the things that intrigued me about you is it, it, well. You and your company, let me say it that way, is that we—I don't think we've had a guest on, maybe ever. And if—and if we have, it's—it's it's been a while that deals in the area of, of daily pay, which I, I have to admit I'm not uh, super knowledgeable about. But it's—it seems to me it's a growing kind of uh, trend in, in in the workplace, especially in certain industries, where people have the ability to to get literally that. Uh, as the name of your company implies, get paid for each day that they work on that day. Um, can you kind of, I mean, let's start there, I guess. And you know, talk tell us about daily pay, but maybe also talk about kind of the bigger trend and why it's it, why it's something that employers might want to think about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So at daily pay. You know, our mission goes beyond just giving people access to their pay as they earn it. We certainly support that. But our our bigger mission is to look at today's financial system and create a better financial system for everybody, which means businesses and workers, because it's, you know, there's really some crazy, what we call invisible rules behind the scenes that prohibit, both ends of the spectrum from being able to take the biggest financial advantage and opportunities and use them for betterment. So, you know, businesses right now, especially right now are challenged with hiring, with attracting and retaining talent. You know, a lot of companies came into this new year with 10, 20,000 open roles across their entire business Mm -hmm. and really having a hard time to find those staff when when you dig into it a business often learns that sometimes a 2 week pay cycle is not enough for the worker the workers are leaving to go to jobs where it's either in the gig economy whether it's uber or delivery like DoorDash, or even going to a restaurant where you get paid out weekly instead of the two-week job because they need different cash flow they might not need more money mm-hmm. but they need a different kind of timing around their pay so a lot of companies are see tremendous benefits from being able to attract new workers by saying, hey, if you come work here, you work today, you can have access to your money today. You don't need to take it if you don't want to. You can start saving it as you earn it to start getting ready for an unexpected financial challenge now that the child tax care credit is gone or maybe start saving for a vacation or even pay your higher bills down earlier to boost your credit score. But if you also need it for an unexpected expense, great you can you know avoid any type of late fees and overdraft fees so it's, it's huge for businesses because they see about a 45 percent reduction in turnover which is great because that puts money to their bottom line they're not having to attract as many people they're not having to onboard as many people and those dollars can be reinvested in other employee engagement programs within the organization so it, it creates a like Trickle up economy, a positive experience for the worker inside the business, and then certainly for the worker, hey, look, you know, if you've worked three days, that's your money. Today, if you got up and walked off your job, they'd have to write you a check for the time that you've worked. Why don't you have access to it? Why do you have to wait two weeks to get a paycheck? There's really no reason. So it's fantastic that Daily Pay created this technology platform to enable people to see how much they're earning in real time. Which for many hourly workers, this is the first time they're actually able to see how much money they're earning as they pick up extra shifts or get that time and a half. But then also access it however they need and put it to the best use based on their personal financial situation.
1: Huh. Um, I, I don't mean this as a sting sting type question. Um, are there? I like I said, I I know very little about the, the practical aspects of of the of what this these types of programs uh consist of because I never worked with one, so this is more a curiosity question um like you know in in and it's been a long time since I did payroll as well to be honest but, you know like if you have a weekly payroll cycle or biweekly you know you people punch in and out every day you know you kind of go back and through the hours at the end of the, each week, calculate your overtime stuff like that um how does this impact like the HR side of stuff, you know, from a systems perspective, and the people who do payroll and HR? How does does this help them or hurt them? Are there sort of, you, yes. know, you know, either way, does it, you know, does it have some advantages and disadvantages?
0: Yeah, you know, those are great questions, and it's really all upside for the business. So, you know, most companies have three types of systems that they use related to payday. The first one is your, you know, payroll system that actually sends money. The second one is your HR system that shows, hey, this is the name of the employee, this is their rate, you know, all the other information. And the third system is typically the time and attendance system, so you know that this person makes X an hour and worked X hours based on that, you know, this is how much we're going to pay them. Daily pay integrates into all of those systems. So there's no incremental tech work, there's no incremental work for the payroll team, it basically gathers all that information, and we have you know some technology that is able to leverage that information and identify how much you know if you made a hundred dollars today, how much of it needs to be saved for any type of wage garnishment or child support or any taxes that you might have to pay, and it makes the net balance available to you so if twenty dollars is going to need to go to taxes when you know it's time to get the traditional paycheck cut $80 is available for you to take out so for the payroll team there is no additional work and in many cases you know it eliminates a lot of work especially those what's called off cycle payments that a lot of payroll companies or a lot of payroll teams have to stop doing what they're doing to take care of you know in the state of California if you leave your job you must get your final paycheck within 24 hours. And so a lot of times, you know, payroll teams have to stop what they're doing to go cut these, you know, what are called termination checks. With daily pay, it's easily the press of the button. You just say this person's last day was today and the money goes right to their account. So that's time saver. Yes. Um, and for HR teams, it's also a huge time saver because now, you know, there are a lot of questions, people coming to HR and saying, Hey, you know, my daughter broke her arm. Am I able to access my pay early? Or, you know, I wasn't expecting this, this bill to come through. Is there a way that I can take a loan on my 401k? Or, you know, I have to put my down payment on my vacation or else we're going to lose our spot next year. What options are there? And especially right now, you know, HR teams are getting a lot of those questions. So this pretty much eliminates all of those because you've got, you've got the, capability and power to make those decisions right in
1: the palm of your hand. Awesome. Um, just for purposes of transparency, um, I'm asking these questions and talking to you about daily pay, not because you guys are a sponsor or giving us any money, but literally because I think it's an interesting topic that I didn't know much about. One of the reasons to do the podcast is to try to learn something new. So thanks for sharing that information. Um, I want to go back to your one of your, the other things you said, which and, and I also want to mention that we had our, where the show title is how the Omicron variant is impacting employment. So we're going to switch over, but you, you indicated you had a background you know in education from your 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 edu- your educational training but couldn't find a job i, su- I suspect in today's economy you could find a 100 teaching jobs if you could fill them all and there seems to be way more way more demand than there is uh, in, uh availability and, and that kind of rings true across most industries these days but i you know it, so that's kind of personal but anyway so um What's the, I mean, I I know the perception is that we're with a great resignation and that there's way more jobs than there are people and people are quitting and all that kind of stuff. But but from you guys' perspective and and sort of the the insights that you gather in your role, what's the the current state of employment right now in the U.S.? You know,
0: it's it's really interesting and it's a great question. Uh, To go back to your teaching comment, you know, right now, Teachers, teachers are so desperately needed, especially substitute teachers in almost every city in the United States. In some cities, they're actually paying the most senior class to substitute teach junior classes because they can't get any talent. So an eighth grader might be the substitute teacher for the second grade class <laughs> on any given day. Like it, it is truly that desperate. Um, so if anyone who is listening or thinking about getting into the education field now actually is your time, start as a substitute, and you'll have, you will have an amazing opportunity to, you know, work with children and, and help build the future. But that said, you know, it's really interesting. A couple of years ago, probably, you know, closer to like seven or eight years ago, everybody was starting to worry if robots were going to take over all of our jobs. And if you put in automation like a kiosk in a restaurant, does that mean the restaurant needs less of you or will the jobs just shift? And, uh, you know, I wasn't here at Daily Pay at the time, but a lot of research that I did with my current employer at the time showed that it was more of a misalignment with open roles than it was a shortage of talent and that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing now is there's a tremendous number of open roles but the and there's a tremendous number of unemployed people looking for roles but they're misaligned so you know you've got you've got the great resignation happening as a result of covid which is truly you know something we've all never experienced before People are rethinking their work life balance they're rethinking their purpose in life they're rethinking the future of the business or job or career that they're in and they're and they're often changing careers so it's not like you know Mary's leaving. One fast food restaurant to go to another one. It's like Mary's leaving a fast food restaurant to become an airline stewardess or, um, you know, representative. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very different, which is on one hand empowering, but it leaves you with this big gap in the space. You've got a tremendous number of highly talented college graduates who are having a very hard time finding their first career job. But no problem at all going and getting a job, you know, with Amazon or with another retailer or a fast food company. It's just not the job they ultimately thought they would do after a four-year education. So we're going to continue to see this misalignment um, happen over the next number of months as – The economy recovers, people start feeling confident about getting back into the workforce, and people start making some hard decisions about where they ultimately want to be from a career standpoint and what they need to do today to support their family and themselves. And, you know, I think what that means is the great resignation will extend for a longer period of time than we expected because people will be forced to take jobs they need to take care of their families knowing that's not their future ultimate job, so always be on the lookout. And Deloitte came up with this crazy stat that said um, no matter what business you're in, you can expect one out of four employees to leave your company this year. And if you're in a high turnover environment or company like a call center or retailer or fast food, obviously you're expecting more than that anyway. But for a lot of companies where turnover has historically been 10% or less, it's going to be expected to average around 25%. Uh, so that's a big wake-up call for all employers just to be alert about this and look at you know, what are they doing to retain talent as well as what are they doing internally to make sure that if a person leads a critical role that they've got succession plans built, that they've got internal career growth opportunities and ways to keep things moving.
1: Yeah, um, Great answer, thanks. Um, One of the one of the strange, you know, well, it's not strange. Let me kind of kind of regroup here. Am I going a slightly different direction? One of the things that I kind of keep half an eye on. It's not part of my day job, but it's just it, you know, intriguing. Is that you know, there's even in a time of great boom employment. Like yesterday, I I think it was Reebok, which you know, the shoe brand uh laid off 150 people in Boston from their headquarters part of a merger we, we still have you know turmoil turmoil in the marketplaces you know the stock market's super high you know over a long period of time but it's been bouncing up and down recently we've got inflation at you know decades high we've got rates rising through the fed i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of economic turmoil and it just sort of at least seems to me, like it sits off in the corner and nobody pays much attention to it because we just keep talking about can't find people to flip my burgers or bag my groceries or whatever. Um, so, and then you've got Omicron with supply chain issues. And I'm, I know that's a bunch of different things, but I guess the point I'm trying to get to is, you know, it, so we're in an unprecedented time of opportunity, but we also have a lot of challenges. Where where do you guys, in your research and your observations, where do you see the variant? Coming in right now, and are, you know, are we gonna are we gonna see? Even though you said it's gonna extend, are we gonna see employment bouncing up and down, or is, is things just gonna be still mismatch of roles, just a lot of people churning around?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a tough question to give you a, a consistent answer to because the market keeps changing and the economy keeps changing and the state of uh the variants keep changing. However, what I, there there are a few things that we know as truth far before COVID was introduced into our lives, the home healthcare industry had a significant shortage of labor. So that industry and anybody in healthcare is going to be continuously challenged with finding enough talent. I mean, it's why Amazon was even offering to pay you to train to become a nurse. And and they took a really unique approach on things, which was, Hey, we know you're probably going to leave your job at some point. At least let us train you to do something where you can make a good impact on society where we need it, which is, you know, incredibly uh, powerful and and just a great statement to make. So you're going to see certain industries continue to be caught in that bind. For the rest of the industries, you know, I would say it's going to follow the variant first. And what I mean by that is, you and I were talking before the podcast Um, at daily pay, we've been on voluntary return to work for a few months. And, you know, at any point in time, there could be 10% to 50% of our employees choose to come in the office, but it is wildly Mm -hmm. different based on people's personal health and their family's health. And there are a tremendous number of people, especially in frontline jobs, like fast food servers or restaurants or retailers where, you know, if if your child or your parent has COVID, um, you're not going to come in for your safety and for theirs and for the safety of the customers. And depending on how the variant goes, that, that significantly impacts staffing to the point where a number of companies, especially restaurants and retailers, have made changes to their operating hours so that they could create work-life balance for those employees that they do have left and not, you know, burn them out. So so we think that's going to continue until this variant dies down and hopefully it becomes an endemic and not a pan- pandemic and we can manage through this. Um, supply chain issues, you know, well, that's a challenge for all of us from a shopping perspective, and I was recently at mm-hmm. the CVS and you know, it it looked like people were getting ready for a blizzard, like the the shelves were bare. And it was just simply because the delivery check hadn't come in yet. But, but um, from a supply chain standpoint, a lot of companies have figured out ways to get around that when you've got, you know, Home Depot and and Lowe's and other organizations creating their own shipping methods. Um, You know, on Mm -hmm. top of that, now you're looking at what's happening with the Ukraine and, uh, you know, any kind of sanctions that could be put on, on China. I mean, there's There's just so much going on that's going to continue to affect our normal way of life that you can at the very least expect that it's going to be a bumpy ride. That said, you know, I've talked to, you know, daily pay. We're so fortunate because we work with so many companies, big, medium, and small, that I get to have a lot of conversations with people who are, you know, right in, right inside trying to figure out how to run their businesses and and keep them moving forward in a positive way. And, you know, they've all said, six months ago, they all started to look at, okay, what's our, what's our survival and growth strategy amid a world of uh, uncertainty? And so I think a lot of companies have come into this year with strong plans on how to be as flexible as possible. So while it's going to be difficult, I think I'm also hopeful that, you know, a lot of companies have embraced this now and realized, hey, this is just going to be the way it is. Let's make the most of it. Instead of just kind of battering down the hatches and waiting to see when it's going to stop.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned the Amazon um, and Home Depot and Lowe's, and a couple of those companies have literally bought their own shipping containers and leased their own ships rather than rely on the more traditional, you know, counting on a third party delivery system, whoever it is to get stuff, you know, in and out of Asia and, and other places. Um, because otherwise their their supply chains were so detrimental that they couldn't stock their shelves, to your point. So companies, some companies have been very uh, creative outside the HR space in doing that kind of supply chain stuff, which I find fascinating. Um, I, I had a guest on on Monday. His name was Laura Triani and she was from a research company out in Seattle. And one of the things that we talked about uh, it was about, the I, forget, I think it was last month, or maybe the month before that, four and a half million people allegedly quit their jobs. And I asked her this question and I don't, I don't know that there's most of this stuff. I don't know that there really are like a definitive answer, but the question I asked her was four and a half million people quit their jobs. Where did they go? And I'm wondering if you have a a, a perspective on that same question.
0: Yeah. You know, um, that's the question. I think I saw a Harvard business review article asking that same question and and a few others, you know, look, um, sad reality is over 800,000 people lost their lives to COVID in the past year in the U.S. So unfortunately, Mm -hmm. nobody talks about it, but a high percentage of people left the workforce forever, um, which is just very, very sobering statement. So you've got that. Secondly, you know, a number of people, a high percentage of people moved into the gig economy. Uh, You know, I Mm -hmm. talk to Uber drivers all the time and Lyft drivers when I'm going to the airport or other places. And, you know, in many cases, you're hearing the same story now. My business couldn't survive. I still needed to pay my bills. I realized I found a way how to manage my bills and also get more free time with my family driving an Uber or Lyft or delivering DoorDash. And so you see a lot of people who just decided to leave the traditional workforce and go into the gig economy or the creator economy and find a way to make it through. Um, You know, so there's that percentage of people. Other people look to go back to school early in COVID. We saw a tremendous number of people leaving the restaurant space to look for other Mm -hmm. careers because they wanted something that gave them a career and not just a day-to-day roles. So, you know, I think people left for various reasons. Um, I was at an HR conference in December and I happened to sit next to this very nice woman at lunch and she was on the phone and saying, Oh no, she resigned too. And her too. Oh no, not him. She had four resignations in the course of the 10 minutes I was sitting next to her. And I assumed <laughs> she worked at a company with hourly employees. And, and she said, she said, no, these are all manager, mid-level managers who left my company for completely different careers. One went to the airlines, one went to be a teacher, one went to be a nurse, and the other one went to be a travel blogger. You know, and she said, it, it's it's not, it's not about paying somebody more money. Um, it, it's, it's about what's their life passion and, and, you know, what does life mean to them now that, you know, we just lived through one of the craziest times, you know, in, in America's history. So, they're they're going everywhere, and um, it's really a tough it, it's a tough run for any business to create a compelling reason on why a worker would want to join your company. What value you can add to their life in addition to the value they can add to your business, but a critical one that every company is being challenged in uh, answering.
1: Definitely, um, we're down to like four minutes, four minutes and eight seconds. So. Um... I guess the last, just to kind of, two things to wrap up. One is, I think you covered it a little bit, but can you, can you touch on some of the factors that might be keeping people right now from seeking jobs? And then to wrap up, share with people where they can reach out to you and learn more about you of daily pay, you know, whether that's your website or social media or whatever. So let's hit those sure. last two points in four minutes. Thanks. Yeah
0: yeah i th- yeah I think you know things that are keeping people from looking for jobs right now one is uh their personal health they may they might be a high risk um to go out uh, second is child care. a lot of people do not have the uh flexibility to have somebody else come into their home and take care of their children or their child care centers are closed for covid so they need to have a job that's at home and and while they're at home, they need to spend their time with their children. So that's another factor. Third is hesitation for younger workers to enter into a job versus a career. Um, you know. And fourth is money. People are looking at, mm-hmm. you know, without the child tax care credit what they need, and they're having to make some key decisions. And we have incredible data and statistics that help both businesses look at why a daily pay solution can help them attract and retain great workers and make them very happy about their jobs and reduce their financial stress. And also uh, suggestions for how, if you're in the working world, you should consider your next job and what you should be looking for, especially given the increased uh, states of inflation and everything that's going to be happening with, happening with interest rates at, at our website. So that's dailypay.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Jeannie Walden. If you have a question for me, I'm happy to connect with you or get back to you and help you out any way I can.
1: I really appreciate it. And uh, we have about two minutes left, but I'm just, I'm kind of running into having to get back to work and, and, deal with a couple other people. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today and being our guest and giving us uh, 25 minutes of great knowledge drops. I appreciate it, Jeannie, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, end the show.
0: Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me on.
1: Take care. Have a great week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.